What's up, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, America's favorite podcast. It's Controlled Chaos, episode 39. Zach Woolley is always joined by my partner in crime, Owen Kiska. Owen, how are we doing on this fine evening? Oh, we're doing pretty good. We are on the 40 acres for the last time. Yes, this is a Controlled Chaos on the road episode live from Owen's dorm room here at the University of Texas in the Lone Star State. I made the trek up when... uh, yeah, last night, nice little lovely drive up to Austin, and we're here for one time. Last week. Live and in color, man. Here we go. So with that being said, we have a lot to talk about in the world of music, starting out with Jermaine. Jermaine Cole, J. Cole, drops the interlude this week, has his album coming out this week, and above all things, Owen, yep. he's going to be playing for a Rwandan team in the African National League. So it, beautiful things are going great for Jermaine. Oh man, dropped a documentary today too. Um, I'm super excited to hear this project. I think, I, I don't know. It just feels like everything's kind of coming together at the right time right now for him. Just the fact that like he drops the documentary this morning, the interlude got a lot of good reception. Love the soul sample on it. Uh, love how short and sweet it was. Um, I think it's going to fit really well into the album. He's got the album coming out on Friday, and he's making his debut in this African League on Sunday, playing for a Rwandan team. Uh, so it's going to be super interesting to see how that goes. I think it's really funny that he's calling this album the off season. He's literally getting into the season right mm-hmm, after. Definitely. Uh, almost makes you wonder: Was this planned the entire time? Like, how long has this deal been in the works mm-hmm. to play in this league? But you know what? Uh, I'm excited to hear this album. I'm excited to see what he does in the league too. I know they're airing it. I think on. ESPN News, maybe? Mm-hmm. Uh, so probably going to try to tune into that. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, Rwanda, man. Yeah. All I know about Rwanda is Hotel Rwanda. They're taking on the Nigerian team in this African League uh, this coming up week. So that'll be good. I'm just really looking forward to this album. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be really good. Um, Jermaine, man. Yeah. Uh, the documentary looks good. I, we haven't gotten the chance to watch it, but it looks really good. And the album... If the interlude is anything compared to what we're going to receive in this album, it is going to be absolutely crazy. So that's a lot to look forward to. And, you know, Owen, we were looking forward to something else going into this next, this last week. And it was a TDE single. Turns out it was just an Isaiah Rashad single. And I say just an Isaiah Rashad single because maybe Kung Fu Kenny would have dropped. I know there was a lot of speculation he was going to jump on a New York radio show. But it turns out that was just a rerun. Instead, we get Isaiah Rashad. And we can't be complaining because it was a really good track. I I enjoyed it. Um, It's not everything I would have wanted from an Isaiah Rashad song. And I hope that if he does indeed drop an album off of this single or include this single on a future album, hopefully this year, uh, I hope that some of the songs take kind of a different approach to this because obviously this one had kind of like a harder feel to it. Like it kind of had like a a wooziness to it where you kind of like, I don't know, it just feels like you're kind of floating when you're listening to the song, but also it's like hard, uh, which is kind of a weird combo. Uh, but at the same time, when I listen to Isaiah Rashad, I want like, I want it to sound like the sun's tirade and like, I can't really explain what that is exactly, but I love that album. Uh, I love how like, effortless it sounds when he raps and it sounded like he was honestly like i I don't know it felt kind of forced in this last song so i enjoyed it but i kind of wanted more uh certainly not to say there was a bad song though 
Mm-hmm, definitely. And TDE is so talented as a label. I mean, knew, regardless of what we were going to get, it was going to be good. And, you know, that's not to say it was the best, like you just said, but um, still, I mean, Isaiah Rashad, that's a solid drop. Once again, we can only hope and wait for Kendrick Lamar, but still... Um, Maybe he shows up on Cole's album this week. Yeah, I mean, there's been all that talk about a J. Cole-Kendrick Lamar collab album that never came to fruition. Well, it still could. Hopefully it will. Um, But I think there's a lot to be said for um, Cole dropping this album. And, you know, the man that went platinum without no features, maybe he goes with features here. So there's a lot to speculate when it comes to this album. And I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. But... I kind of sparked something in the industry too. I mean, it's it feels like it's been a minute since like this kind of name drop, like a Mm -hmm. J. Cole, a Kendrick Lamar, a Drake, a Kanye. Like this is the first one of these albums in quite some time, I would say. I mean, I can't even really think of the last one. I know Jesus is King 2019. That's probably Uh, the last one. Astro World was 2018. Kendrick hasn't dropped since 2017 now. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's it's the first time in a while. So it's going to be really exciting to see if this kind of sparks something within the industry. Maybe Travis pushes to get Utopia out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe maybe TDE starts to kind of gear it up a lot. Because I know TDE and Dreamville, they don't have necessarily a rivalry. But I think they both kind of push each other as a label to make the other better. Since they're kind of always going back and forth, it seems like who's the better record label. Uh, So I'm excited to see if that sparks any kind of thing. Um, I know SZA's released a lot of music recently. Kendrick Lamar, I think, is doing a lot behind the scenes that we're not yeah. seeing. I mean, this and, is kind of similar, to, not to cut you off, but this yeah, is no, kind of no. similar to, you know, what J. Cole said about the offseason. He was moving in silence and then the parts have been in place. And I feel like J. Cole and Kendrick are similar in that, that yeah, verse absolutely. where they don't like to, you know, publicize things. Like Travis Scott's like, Utopia soon. Yeah. And then waits like eight months. J. Cole's just to be like, hey, you know, I made this. It's mm. dropping soon. Here you go. And maybe we'll see that from Kendrick, yeah. hopefully. And Cole even said last week before he released the song, he didn't even plan on releasing anything beforehand. And I think the fact that he's dropping an interlude is almost like a, a testament to that. Like, hey, uh, I know you're excited for the album. I won't make you wait for the entire thing. But if you want to hear something early, I'm only giving you the interlude. Mm-hmm. Because obviously, you know, this isn't supposed to be one of the one of the great songs off of it. It's kind of an interesting take on a single since it's not really you know, meant to be the single that goes number one on the charts. It's kind of the single to just let the fans enjoy before the album, get it kind of, kind of excited for them. Marinate. In yeah, the words exactly. of Zach Fox, exactly. gotta let it marinate. Um, so I think there's a lot to look forward though. And Absolutely. even with the Isaiah Rashad single was really good too. Uh, moving on, we had more singles, including one from, I'm going to lead with this one. I know you don't have it on first, but Don, you know, my boy, Don, man, Don Tolliver, what you need a surprise drop on a Monday. Yeah. It's been two weeks now since um, it dropped. Yeah. yeah. What you need, Don Toliver? I mean, good God. I mean, I was – he had been teasing it a little bit. Um, I know Travis had his birthday bash in Miami, uh, and Don, Sheck, all the Jack boys were there. And here comes Trav, and here comes Don on his IG stories, scrolling through 59, just moving through Houston. Next thing you know, he's dropping what you need. And, I mean, just talk about a wavy track, yeah. just – flowing riding the beat it was really just a nice chill vibe i'll say it fits perfectly within like don toliver's entire feel as an artist like it, it, it sounds exactly like something that could have been on heaven or hell mm-hmm. even something that could have been on donnie womack going back to his mm-hmm. early days because i mean yeah i i'm i'm not criticizing him when i say this but don toliver has one type of song exactly uh and and his his hooks are always great his verses are sometimes a little bit lacking in terms of substance, but if he can get a good feature on the song, it certainly helps it out. 
Uh, he's had some great verses throughout his days, but I, I mean, nothing, nothing absolutely, you know, mind blowing. And, and this song was kind of the same thing. It's a really nice hook. Uh, I'm going to be honest. The hook is the only thing I remember from the song. It's the only thing that goes through my head when Tell I think about it. It's, it's a good hook. Mm -hmm. I love that hook. Uh, and I mean, I'm, you know, this is another guy. Maybe he drops this year. Life of a Dawn. It leading, said it's, yeah. it's coming soon. Leading, leading into Utopia, possibly. I think this could be a lot to be said about the fact that they're not or have not been able to go on tour or go to festivals. Yeah. You saw Astrofest um, get re-upped and there's a lot of festivals that Don Tolliver is slated to go on. Um, I think when it comes to record labels, they just didn't want their artists dropping music during quarantine because they didn't know how to promote it. Yeah. Because you're going to get money off of your tour. You're going to get money off of your merch that you sell from your tour. That's where most of it comes from, So honestly. if you can't go anywhere and you're locked somewhere, you could either have a Fortnite concert like what Travis Scott did, <laughs> or you can be and wait and see and perfect your craft. So that's why I think we're going to enter maybe this, like you said with J. Cole, this kicks off. This this summer of just constant yeah. drops, the really refined good music um, that leads and kickstarts the rap game back up. I'm not saying Absolutely. that it's faltered, but I mean when you got Pushaisty and Polo G <laughs> at the top of the charts, yeah, we know I mean, who the big bloods are. It, it's Kanye, it's Drake, it's Kendrick, Travis yeah. is in the mix now. Um, those artists, once they start to drop, that's going to start kickstarting yeah, for sure. um, the music label for, for sure. For sure. So, you know, shout out Don. We also on our little our little new new age rap tier, Miss the Rage, Trippy Red and Playboy Cardi. What a solid song. I love the beat. Yeah. The beat carries it. The honestly. beat carried the entire track. Um I didn't really, you know, Cardi's decent, Trippy's, you know, decent too. Um but I like the the production value on that was just yeah. beautiful. They, they could have said the Trippy and Cardi could have literally said anything in their verses. I have no clue what they said anyways. Uh, I, I just listened to it and I listened to the beat and I heard while I was listening to the beat that there was also somebody rapping. Mm -hmm. uh, shout out to the producer on that track. I, I don't remember who it was, but I mean, that beat is absolutely amazing. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's not a song that I'm crazy about, but I, I certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was really good. Um, on a like a on a lift yourself type beat because you know even though lift yourself is just whoopity scoop like the when you listen to that song for the first time and it's just like building up you're like yeah. dang this is gonna be a banger um, produced by Loso Loso produced this also produced Futsal Shuffle 2020 his top two songs are Mr Age and Futsal Shuffle 2020 so uh, AKA his name is Kaz Vander Helgen. Don't know if I spelled that right, but go for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a really good beat. Um, you know, the words are secondary when it comes yeah, to that. Absolutely. But overall, solid drop. And then we had a little post-ominous MF Doom type beat, Sar Sarface and MF Doom with Super What? Um, what are we thinking on? I I mean, it's it's good. And that's that's what I wanted from a posthumous Doom release. Uh was just something Kind of, I mean, I, I didn't think he was going to go forever without dropping anything posthumously or his his family. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it mostly. I don't think it was obviously a classic or anything. Um, but but there were some good features on it. Delta Funky Homo Sapien was on it. Um, there were a couple other like older, older rappers that were on it. But I listened to it once. The beats were nice. Uh, Doom didn't have a huge 
influence on the album. He was credited on all the songs, but usually his verses were short or uh, not really in character. There were only a few verses throughout the entire album that were easily identifiable as him, which I, I didn't mind, but I, obviously, you know, you're, you're kind of there for the persona, I think, when you listen to MF Doom. And that was a little bit lacking on the album, but that's that's not to say that it wasn't a good album because I did enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It's very, you know, just you have to be very delicate yeah, with exactly. a posthumous release. You have to make sure that it's going to be semi decent, and I think they accomplished that here. Um, like you said, it was you couldn't tell at times, but I think as a whole, it was a really yeah. solid album for a posthumous release. It was definitely interesting too because you could tell that a lot of the stuff was newer. Uh, they were rapping about COVID in parts of it, which obviously is, you know, happening within the past year. Uh, Doom passing last October, so it had to have been recorded somewhere between March and October, I guess. Um, so, I mean, I, it, it shows that right up until the end, he was he was giving it his all, which, you know, you have to respect. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how that album came to be or, you know, what what Doom's part was in it. Uh, but but I did enjoy it. Just mm-hmm. a little a little short thing, less than 30 minutes. All bops, no stops, they may say. Um, Lil Orange and Namir Blade also dropped a project. Imaginary everything. I did not get the chance to listen to this. Owen, what did, what were you thinking about this? One? Uh, it's just, I, on, the, on the theme of this whole thing, I guess, it's just more good production. Uh, shout out Lil Orange. Liked our tweet once. What a what a ball. We might have to, maybe he likes it again if we tag him. We'll see. Oh, tagging is coming, Lil Orange. You better <laughs> be prepared. Tagging is key. Uh, but I, I enjoyed this project, too. It's really, I've come to learn that it's kind of the production on his projects that I enjoy so much because it's almost in like a doom style where he uses a lot of old samples Mm -hmm. like newscast kind of stuff or like old TV show, like person in distress screaming kind of, kind of sample, like what you would hear on a mad villainy. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I, I find that really interesting because it's so obvious what this guy's influences are or who these guys influences are. Uh, So that was certainly fun to, you know, kind of get, get into um and, and yeah i don't i don't have much to say about it it was a it was a good project um the the title track on it the first song i enjoyed quite a bit mm-hmm. yeah i'll have to i'll have to check it out and yeah, Lawrence, you know you know you're gonna hit us with a like and maybe even a retweet if we ask nicely so um oh and last thing to close out music you said that you're really getting into uk drill what do you mean by that i mean tiktok is making me like drill music and i'm not ashamed to say it um the i mean some of the more recent songs i guess uh what's it called body i, I don't remember it's it's the it's the one with the adiola wanna roll with a giza you, you know you know that line mm-hmm. uh and then it, and then it carries out through that verse i love that verse uh and then and then like i'm just seeing tiktoks of people like rating different drill songs and i've gone and listened to them and like drill music is underrated um drake was trying to tap in it there. became yeah he was trying to tap into it it became super popular obviously after pop smoke dropped you know shoot for the stars um but like the uk drill scene i feel like isn't getting enough attention in america i it obviously gets a ton there it's kind of like the main thing there uh but i like apart from like slow tie who i wouldn't necessarily say is drill music Mm-mm. like some of these guys are making some really really good songs i mean you've got uh god what are their names i'm gonna i'm gonna literally pull it up right now on spotify because there's like there's like a list of songs that i that i liked in the past few days um but i mean commitment issues is a banger commitment Um, issues what else is there uh hold on almost there bando diaries we don't dance uh the the dig a d tribute to chingy's right there 
uh, his song Chingy. Whoa. That, that song. Whoa. That song is great. Uh, Ambush by OFB. They're all they're all good good songs. Um, I don't know. I just wanted to give a shout out to UK Drill. I think Digga D wins this week, and maybe we'll, he has find, to. we'll have to find Digga D on Dot Chaos Radio. Dot Chaos Radio, our playlist updated every week with everything you would want. Thirty tracks, fifteen for me, fifteen for Owen to kick off your summer. Check that out on our Twitter. You can find that at Controlled Chaos Pod. Controlled spelled C N T R L D Chaos Pod. Be sure to check that out. But yeah, dig a D. Chingy. I mean, whoa. I mean, have a day. Uh, was not expecting that, Owen, but go for it. I'll have to check it out. On my drive back home to Houston, maybe I'll listen to some dig a D. So overall, we're just really anxious for this J. Cole drop. There's a lot of amplification and uh, ramifications for this, this album. So yeah. uh, we'll see. We'll see, ladies and gentlemen. Very exciting nonetheless. So... UK drill aside, we have some baseball to talk about on and quite a bit of baseball, I may say. How about John Means? We're going to start in the AL East and we're going to start with Jonathan Means. John Means with a no-no. Get this, Owen, you have this in the notes. Yeah, yeah. 26 of 27 batters each had a first pitch strike. 26 swinging strikes, obviously no hits, obviously no walks. One of the, I think the first and only no-hitter where the only base runner was on a drop third strike, which begs the question, is it a perfect game? The one base runner was a strikeout, so I, I don't know. Like it, Obviously, there was a runner on base. It can't be a perfect game, but he faced 27 out of 27 batters. He faced the minimum uh, because I think that batter was later they got him in a double play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he faced 27 batters, uh, 26 sing- swinging strikes. I think 14 of the whiffs were on... Uh, his changeup, which is one of the best pitches in baseball. Oh, his changeup is disgusting. Uh, I think the Mariners had like one hard hit ball that game, and it was a pop up straight in the air that didn't even leave the infield. John Means is a star. He is going to be a star in this league. Uh, he is top five, I think, in the league right now in ERA, if I'm not mistaken. He's sitting in the in the in the ones with, you know, the likes of obviously Jacob Degrom, who's below one. And then second is Danny Duffy, and in third place right now is John Means with a 1.37 ERA. Uh, so he is becoming a star. He is really good. I will say that he is really, really good for an Orioles team that is really bad. Yeah. He is really good. Yeah. Um, I really think he could be a key piece, and he probably will be. Um, we talk about my boy uh, Severino, who yeah. dropped the ball. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, however, I mean, that was utter domination. Absolutely. I mean, oh from start to stop, John Means filled up the zone. And the key, I think, that a lot of people get lost in uh, when we think about it is the first pitch strikes. Yeah. That is so integral as a pitcher. You Being able to throw a first pitch strike gets you automatically ahead in the count. You're automatically, you can throw whatever you want based off that first pitch strike, which is huge. Yeah. And Means has a really good changeup, really good secondary pitches. And he was able to execute him. When that the lights shine the brightest, John Means is there. I want to say John Means is an All Star, Owen. I oh absolutely. No, he's already been an All Star. Yeah, yeah I'm saying was, he wasn't. Yeah, he was in his rookie season. Um, and, and I mean, he has to be this season too. I would think as long as something crazy doesn't happen, he is the first individual Orioles pitcher, the first Orioles pitcher to throw a no hitter in a full game, uh, not com- not including combined no hitters since Jim Palmer in 1969. So it's been over 50 years since it happened for the franchise. And I, I mean, honestly, it's one of the more impressive no hitters that we've seen in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Like this, how this one has to be up there with 
the Giolito one against the Pirates, the Scherzer one, uh, the near, I guess the near Scherzer one in terms of just pitching performances, the Scherzer one where he struck out 17 and, and mm-hmm. gave up uh, the uh, the throwing error um, as his only as his only base runner. But man, John Means is a stud. Yeah, really good. And you just got to respect. I mean, the Orioles, I mean, they're in the pack, kind of. I mean, the AL East has been crazy to begin the year. Yeah. I mean, leading on, we, we had a couple of days of George Springer back on the Blue Jays, and he's back on the IL. Was not able to return to me. He traveled with the team, but did not play against his former team, the Astros, back on the IL. But how about the Red Sox, man? A firm lead on the division, okay? Would you say best team in baseball right now? That could be a reach. I will say they have the best record. Best so technically, record. they're the best team in baseball. We said the same thing way. about the Royals. Yeah, <laughs> and Jeff Passan yeah. tweeted this morning yeah. that they have the twentieth best record in baseball after they had their best yeah. record in baseball. But the Red Sox are putting together some uh, solid games. Oh, and absolutely. You got to think if a sale comes back, you know, possibly, maybe they'll be back at some point. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it, 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 it's your it's your OG guys. It's Xander Bogarts and JD Martinez. JD Martinez at a tie for the lead lead in home runs. Yeah. Um, and they're just piecemealing stuff together. And how about how about this team? I, I like them. I they're love doing, them. They're doing a great job post Mookie Betts of just finding guys to fill those spots. I mean, obviously Alex Verdugo, uh, the guy that they got back in that trade, having a great season. He's batting three hundred. Uh, he's a great defensive outfielder. We've seen a couple, you know, Sports Center top ten esque plays from him this season. Rafael Devers is becoming a star. He is an extra base hit machine. He already has eighteen of them this season, which is second on the team behind uh, JD. You've got guys like Kike Hernandez and Marwin Gonzalez who are coming in and just filling roles. They're not guys. They're not guys that are, that are going to be great all, like every game, but they're guys that are going to go in and when you need them to, they're going to be good enough. Uh, and just in general, this Red Sox team is finding ways to win. Their pitching staff has been good. Xander Bogarts, who you mentioned earlier, is batting 349. That's top 10 in the league. Uh, I mean, they're just they're finding ways to win. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, how about Nate? Just a quick shout out to Nathan Uvaldi. 37 strikeouts already in the year. Good for him. Happy for the Alvin grad, uh, Nate Uvaldi. But, you know, that's not to say the Yankees. They had a series with the Astros, um, but they also are doing pretty well. Um, John Carlos Stanton is hitting baseballs, and he's hitting baseballs very hard. Oh, my God. Um, what are we – I mean, this is like 20 – was it 2014, 2015 Marlon Stanton? It's just, what he looks like. It's just uh, – I mean, the main difference is in in all of his past seasons, it seems like he's a, he's a three-true outcome guy. It's a home run, it's a walker, it's a strikeout. And maybe I'm misguided in saying that, but like he's never been a super high batting average guy. Uh, but this season, especially in these past couple weeks, he's just hitting singles. I mean, he's batting 292 on the season, but in the last two weeks, it's way higher than that, I want to say. Um, I mean, he had, what, four hits in one – three or four hits in one game that had a 105 exit velo or higher against the Astros in that series. Uh, but he has just been an absolute freak hitting the ball. He's seeing it super well. Yeah, he's batting 440 in the past two weeks uh, with a 1260 OPS and only four of his 22 hits are home runs. So like we said, you know, he's he's seeing the ball. He has 14 singles, which is about one a game. Um, so he's hitting it hard. He's hitting line drives and he's getting on base, which is all you need. And then another thing that I like to see when we pull up that stat is he's got four doubles as well. 
He's hitting the ball hard, but he's also finding a way for him to, you know, possibly get it too. And especially when you have runners in scoring position, that is huge. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. And, and he's picking up the slack in a time where Aaron Judge has just been absolutely awful recently. Yes. Uh, he has 18 strikeouts in the past two weeks. It's even worse in the past week. In his last uh, six games, he has 13 strikeouts and 21 at-bats and only two hits. Uh, so Aaron Judge is borderline unplayable right now. I don't know how uh, you approach that. If you're Aaron Boone, do you give him a couple days of rest? Uh, do you think that ruins his confidence so you keep him out there and let him hit out of it? I mean, I think it kind of just depends on where you are as a team right now. And as a team right now, they have Stanton, they have LeMayhew, and they have Aaron Hicks. And then it feels like offensively there's everybody else after that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's those three guys right now. Um, but, I mean, I, I have to give props to the Yankees. I don't like them at all. But it was a good series between the oh, Astros and the Playoff them. atmosphere. Uh, playoff atmosphere for sure. You had that one game where Altuve hits the go-ahead homer. Uh, the first game of the series where you have the Odor Maldonado, you know, collision at home plate, tensions are high. It was a great game. Um, I don't think there was any any malicious intent there from Rudin mm -hmm. Odor. Uh, Maldonado just got, you know, the throw was the throw was off. It got into the path of the runner. Uh, they collided. It was a pretty gnarly collision. I know Odor is on the aisle now because of it. Um, but yeah, the Yankees for a team who started the year off so poorly. Uh, and, and, you know, Aaron Boone almost, you know, was on the hot seat at some point in the season. They've certainly recovered well. Uh, and part of that too, we can't, we can't go through an episode without mentioning how good Garrett Cole is. He is. People, mm -hmm. people are talking about how good Corbin Burns' walk to strikeout ratio has been where he's got 40 strikeouts, no walks. Garrett Cole this season in seven starts has three walks and 66 strikeouts. I mean, he's, he's absolutely insane. 22 strikeouts per walk. Uh, versus his teammate with the second most innings, Corey Kluber, who in 35 innings has 35 strikeouts and 17 walks. So two walks per or two strikeouts per walk. Um, 21 so, to two. <laughs> yeah. Garrett Cole is absolutely insane right now. Second or third best or no fourth best ERA in baseball. Can't forget about Danny Duffy. The Duffster, um, man. But I mean, this Yankees team is starting to recover, and that's something that I find a little bit scary. Yeah, um, they are, after all, they are my AL championship pick in they our preseason pre uh, predictions. But um, I was going into the season expecting the Klubers of the world, the Domingo Hermans of the world, to pick up the slack and not be decent. Or I mean, I'm, they're being they're all right, but they're not what I think. Cashman or Boone anticipated them they wanted it to be. And that's not to say they were really... I mean, during that Astros series, they were relatively decent. Yeah, they were. I mean... Herman had a good start in there. Exactly. Um, but I think it's going to take a lot... It's, I mean, Judge is supposed to be your cornerstone. He's the guy that makes your yeah. lineup tick, some may say. Yeah. And if he's not going to be good and I mean, he's going to be, you know, not the best, you're going to be screwed as a team. And then Gary Sanchez as well. I mean, he's even losing playing time to Higashioka because, I mean, Aaron Boone uh, obviously came into the season thinking Gary Sanchez was going to be a guy who starts maybe six out of seven games in a week. Uh, and and since then, I mean, Higashioka is nearly splitting time with him at this point, I believe, because he's been playing so much better. Uh, Gary needs to figure it out. There are times it feels like where Glaber Torres is checked out of the game, just not you know, seeming to care all that much. Mm -hmm. He's having a rough start to the season. So, I mean, there are certainly pieces there. Giancarlo Stanton is healthy and he is raking. And Garrett Cole is back in 2019 form right now. So there are certainly very, very bright spots for the Yankees right now. There are also just very low lows, and that's why they're three and a half games back right now. I think the lowest low of this week 
was ESPN's May 4th Star Wars theme broadcast. Who in their right oh. minds plans that? Like, that's your, I understand Disney on Star Wars, whatever. Why? It was what, the night why after is NBA did necessary? Marvel, too. Yeah, the, Marvel, I mean, that was decent. It wasn't terrible. I don't know if it's because I'm just not a Star Wars fan, but just personally, that was just dumb. I just want to know, like, what is the fan base they're trying to, yeah. like, check in on here? <laughs> yes. what, who is going to watch a baseball game because it's May 4th? Like may the fourth be with you, Star Wars theme. Like that just—it's it, just dumb. It, it's the same. It's the same argument. Like, why did they have an NFL playoff game on Nickelodeon? Yeah. Like, like what does that do? Why are you trying to like? What audience are you looking for? Yeah, here? Like, I mean, I can actually I can understand the NFL. Playoff I understand game. the NFL one playoff game. more. This is a irrelevant, not irrelevant, but not really it's relevant. A, it's just a random like regular season baseball Tuesday game. night baseball game. I mean. I, I guess go for it, like, but like that's got to be humiliating. They were just calling each other like Yoda and Han Solo throughout the broadcast. That's not their names. Yeah, like why? Why do I want to see Tim Kirkjian dressed up as Yoda? Why? What? What? What propels me to want to see <laughs> There's that? No reason. Um, where are we doing? What are we doing? ESPN. I mean, come on. Now. Uh, I actually had to turn it off. I had to go back to yeah. TK and Blum yeah, because it was it was just that bad. It was ugly. It was pretty cringe, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so yeah, uh, the Yankees are getting it together, semi. But ESPN needs to get it together. Come on now. Um, in the AL Central, oh, and your team, your boys, who's in first place in the AL Central? The the Chicago White Sox, the best team in baseball. Oh wow! I, I teased it with the Red Sox. I believe right now the White Sox are the best team in baseball. I think I could agree with uh, you. Run differential says they are. They're at plus fifty three. The next best team is the Red Sox at I want to say plus thirty six. Uh, so the White Sox have quite a bit of a gap in that realm. Uh, Your mean Mercedes still has the second best batting average in Major League Baseball behind uh, a guy named Mike Trout. Which is so, a good guy to be behind. Mercedes is basically first, is what that means, because there's Mike Trout and then there's the rest of the league. Uh, and he's, he's I mean, obviously everyone knows him for that 8-for-8 eight eight start at the beginning of the season, but since then he has been just as good. Uh, Jose Abreu had a bit of a slow start to the season, but even he is leading the team in home runs and RBIs now. Uh, Tim Anderson had an IL stint at the beginning of the season. He's batting two ninety six right now with four homers, 12 RBIs in his return. Uh, this team is so, so good when they're healthy. Mm-hmm. And the That's killer, the killer. we talked about it last week, Luis Robert uh, got injured. We didn't know the extent of it. We know now he's going to miss three to four months. Him and Eloy are going to both be coming back at some point, probably during August, which is killer uh, because I don't know what you do in that outfield now. You've got Adam Eaton locking down right field still, and you are going to need him to stay healthy because even though he is batting 212 right now, uh, he has to be the cornerstone in that outfield as the guy that's played the entire season. Uh, you've got Andrew Vaughn, who's able to play left, I guess. He's been okay this season. But then, I mean, you you kind of run out of center field options. You have Billy Hamilton on the roster, who is 3-for-23 this season. You have Nick Williams on the roster, uh, Galveston graduate. Yeah, ball Goes man. Ball, ball uh, fan. He's 0-for-10 on the season. You've got Larry Garcia, who could possibly play somewhere in that outfield. He's batting 205 this season. So I think it could be interesting to see how they approach this. I don't know if they go for a Suspedes or a Puig. Uh, especially because I think their main concern right now with Luis Robert missing time is they need a center fielder, and neither of those guys are amazing mm-hmm. defenders in center field. Uh, but maybe they maybe they make a move. Uh, they've got a couple guys in in the minor leagues. Maybe they call up Yoelki Suspedes, brother of Yoenis, uh, to make his major league debut. I think we could see that at some point this season. But the White Sox, when healthy, are the best team in baseball. Lance Lynn is back. The pitching staff is healthy. Now they just need an outfield that's healthy. 
Yeah. Uh, and that, that's one thing you mentioned. A lot of the insiders are saying you can you can get a corner outfielder. They're yeah. out there. Yeah. Puig, Cespedes, those guys are out there. It, it, it's the speeds, the center fielder, the fielder that you need that is is so hard to find. Um, so I really do enjoy watching the White Sox play. I don't know if the city of Chicago enjoys watching the White Sox play. You see on their ESPN page, tickets to their next game with the Twins as low as $7. So fellow Chicagoans, get on it. This is a good ball team. So um, just Yasmani Grandal is uh, he, he's kind of a walk machine, huh? 14 oh walks. Gosh. 14 walks in his last five games. 14 walks in his last five games. He has, He's 0 for 7. Yeah, he has a batting average of 0 and an on-base percentage of 636. That'll play, ladies and gentlemen. That will play. That will play. Um, so his bat needs to get going as well. But I think as a whole, think about they're going to be very similar to, uh, I want to say the 2019 Astros who were riddled with injuries, right? Yeah. Maybe they make a deadline trade. Yeah, too. but they don't need. My thing is they don't need to make a deadline trade because you're gonna get your guys back right after the deadline. It's like yeah. making it another deadline. Yeah, move. yeah, that's true. So you're gonna get everybody back and fully strength at full strength for September, for the end of August, headed into October, and that in and of itself is a deadline move. Yeah, because those are the guys that you want to lead your team. So. As of right now, they're going to stand pat. They're going to hold pat. And what has been a very competitive AL Central, I, I mean, the Royals, it's kind of sad. They've lost eight in a row, and they no longer have the best record in baseball, which is pain. But I will say, I mean, the Indians are surprisingly above 500. They are. They are. The Twins are, you know, the Twins. They're the biggest disappointment right now um, in baseball. But – as a whole, the AL Central that we thought was going to be just a two-horse race between the White Sox and Twins has turned out to be a pretty full division sans the Tigers. But we weren't expecting the Tigers, yeah. even though they had like a week of just like, wow, okay, they're kind of decent. But, you know, this is a very competitive division. And I really i am going to enjoy watching it play out, especially now that the White Sox are going to be losing their guys. kind of brings them back down to earth a little yeah. bit. And it's going to have them compete with the Tristan McKenzie's and the Danny Duffy's of the world. Yeah. So speaking of Danny Duffy, man, God, Jeff Passan tweeted on May 1st. It is May 1st and the Royals have the best record in baseball. And he tweets this morning. It is May. What is it? It's the 10th. Um, it's the, it's, yeah. It's May 10th. And the Royals have the 20th best record in baseball. They've lost eight in a row. And our darling Royals are below 500. And it's sad. It's brutal. Um, but I mean, even bigger of a disappointment than the Royals. We mentioned it a second ago. It's the it's the Minnesota Twins. Oh man, uh, they are twelve and twenty on the season. In normal nine inning games this season, the Twins are twelve and nine. In seven inning doubleheader games and extra inning games, the Twins are zero and eleven. They have a minus two run differential, and they are eight games below five hundred. Um, I don't know how something like this can happen other than you have a bad manager. I think that's the only thing that this says. Not I think Rocco. It says, I think it just tells you that Rocco Baldelli doesn't know how to manage late game situations, uh, especially extra inning situations when it's a close game. I don't know how you can go. I, I want to say they're like 0 for 7 maybe in extra innings and 0 for 4 uh, in, in 7 inning games. I don't know how you end six straight games tied and you lose six straight games in extra innings and you go into that seventh game and you keep the same strategy and you continue to lose. It's the definition of insanity. Uh, and, and I think the success of the teams like the White Sox and the Indians are really going to depend on how the Twins bounce back from this 
awful start. Uh, as long as they can keep playing nine inning games, I think they should be fine. But now we see Byron Buxton is going to miss uh, significant time. He's on the injured list, and they said it wasn't just going to be the 10 days. He was likely going to miss weeks. Uh, and also Alex Kirilov and Luis Arias are headed to the injured list now as well. Two of their other, you know, starting caliber players. Uh, so it's going to be up to the rest of that offense. You know, Kyle Garlick, your player of the week from a few weeks ago, oh, who man, tested Garlick, positive man. for COVID. Uh, they're going to need to pick up the slack. And if that doesn't happen, I mean, it it could be it could be the end of Rocco's days in Minnesota. I mean, I, I don't understand. I, I guess I can understand kind of the, the Baldelli slander here, but... I mean, it's the pitching stat. Their bullpen, they brought in Alex Colomay to be that anchor in the bullpen. He's 1-3 with a 5.68 ERA. He's given up 14 hits. He has 7 walks. You, he only has 13 strikeouts on the year. This is a guy that has a negative .2 war. This is a guy that you come in, you bring in to be that anchor of the bullpen, and he's not getting it done. Yeah. So it, it's not, you know, curious to me how they've lost their – all these extra inning games. It's their bullpen. It's not playing off. Yeah. Pitching coach maybe needs to get into it. And then again, I mean, they're just not a fan of all these new rules. They can't win the double header, the seven inning double header, and they can't win when the uh, runner gets on second to start the extra innings. So, you know, it's six and one and half a dozen of the other. Yeah. You, you don't like to see it, but at the end of the day, it's what you got and you got to deal with it. So, um, do I think they're going to continue to lose every single game that is going to be going in extra innings, or they're going to? Ha- they also have another seven inning doubleheader coming up with the Angels a couple weeks from now. Um, do I think it's going to be like that? No, I think they'll eventually start winning, but they're going to need to go fast because yeah. if this team's still sputtering by the end of May, they're going to have a lot of hill to climb in order to get Absolutely. to where they want to be. Especially once Buxton gets back, you can't waste Byron Buxton's MVP season like this. You can't. I'm I'm not going to make any Byron Buxton Mike Trout comparisons, but you can't turn Byron Buxton into another Mike Trout here, where Byron Buxton is stuck on a team that is not going deep into the playoffs, making deep playoff runs. Uh, because you know if he continues a season like this, I don't think he's going to finish the season batting 400, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if he continues hitting home runs like he is, he's a 30 home run, possible 30 stolen base guy, uh, who's also a top three outfield defender in the MLB. Uh, so I mean he's. If he, if he keeps hitting like this throughout a full season, I have no issue saying he's one of the best outfielders in baseball. Uh, maybe even the like top five. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna put him top three because obviously guys like Bryce Harper still exist, Mookie Betts still exists. Um, but I mean Buxton could put himself into that conversation if he has a season like this. And you know most of those other guys that I just listed are in situations to win right now. And, and Buxton just can't turn into another Mike Trout where he's consistently on a mediocre Minnesota Twins team. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, and how about those Twins? They still can't win a playoff series, huh? No, exactly. I mean, that's, that's going to be the narrative until they do. Yeah. So you got to flip the switch if you're Rocco Baldelli. They had a lot of moxie going into the season last year. The boom, the bomba squad. Yeah. That's what they called yeah. themselves. Um, you got to get back to that. You have to have back. To, get back to having fun. Get back to being that team. That's huge. Yeah. So you know, definitely something to watch as well as our boys over with the Royals. But, you know, it is what it is, Owen. And, you know, it, it, it's it's really getting close in the up next division. Yeah, okay? it is. How about the A's, okay? Start off slow, go on this big winning streak, and now they only have a two-game division lead over the Astros. But how about this? A's run differential, negative 10. Astros run, div- run differential, plus 33. Uh, something tells me the Astros are going to overtake the A's relatively quickly, Owen. I think so, too. 
that's that's generally what that tells me. I mean, run differential isn't everything because obviously we've mentioned it before. That first four game series against the A's where it seemed like they just didn't get out of the gates. Uh, they were kind of slow in that those first four games. We were plus 26 against them. Uh, so you flip that around. I mean, that's obviously the argument A's fans are going to have is you flip that around. The A's are plus 16. The Astros are only plus seven. Um, but I mean, that series did happen. And this week, the Astros have a series against the now bottom of the AL West, Los Angeles Angels, and the Texas Rangers, who have won 7 out of 10. Okay, we've talked about the Texas Rangers, so we can move on. Yep. Uh, But they have a four-game series at home against the Rangers that should hopefully be a series win, if not a sweep. Um, When you're going against Mike Fultinowitz and... uh, Astros uh, legend. And... and Noted member of the Rex Bex Club, Dane Dunning. Yeah, uh, who is having a good season. He is right? having a relatively good season. But those those are games that the Astros should win, especially with the hot offense that they've got right now. Uh, next next week we have a series against the Athletics, so that's going to be a big series to determine who's in kind Oakland. of sitting at the top uh, in Oakland. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you said it. I think the Astros are a better team than the A's, and I think a lot of people uh, would agree with that. Uh, Mike Fires is headed to the injured list. Um, he's a baby yeah and, and and meanwhile the astros have you know one of the best offenses in baseball we've mentioned it uh when you look at batting average across the league uh among qualified players i mean Jordan is i want to say third right now uh behind trout and mercedes yuli guriel is sixth at 333 uh bregman is not qualified i don't think but he's also up there like he's batting in the 300s right or no he is qualified he's 16th at 312 uh, and then Michael Brantley's right behind him at 310. So we have four guys in the top 20 in batting average right now, uh, and none of them are named Jose Altuve or Carlos Correa. So that's got to say something, huh? That that does say something because this offense is very very good, and the pitching staff has been up and down. Um, it hasn't been. I'm not going to say it's been bad, but Zach Greinke has been very hittable this season. He has a 4.2 ERA, which is not ace quality. Uh, it, it's middle rotation quality, but we just need guys to keep throwing. Uh, we need Luis Garcia to keep his ERA in the threes like it is right now. We need Christian Javier to keep it below three like it is right now. Uh, and as long as we do that, we should be able to pull pull wins out. Uh, Kent Emanuel has been huge for yes. this team, coming in five appearances, 13 two-thirds innings pitched, a sub-three ERA. He's been really good, uh, and the fact that he's left-handed makes it even better. Shout out to the lefties of the world. But, I mean, th- this team is primed to to make a run pretty soon, I think. Yeah. Um, you mentioned it about Granky, his high ERA. He has not made it to the fifth inning in his last three starts. Yeah. Something I don't even think you can find Zach Granky has done in his whole career. So something has run amok with Granky, which is sad. And it, it looks like he gets through the first time through the order quite fine. And then it's the second time where they're just sitting on these pitches and he's leaving. I know yesterday, Rowdy Telez, he oh went God. yaya. I he mean, hit it a mile. Over 400 and, feet. And, and his curveball a couple years ago was a, a pitch that was nearly unhittable. I remember uh, seeing a stat about it that like uh, his curveballs that he threw that were below 70 miles per hour were basically, it was basically an unhittable pitch. I mean, batters against it were over. Except I think the game that I went to, it was, it was Granky's first start in Houston. Rymel Tapia got a hit off of it. And it was like the first time it had happened all season. And now we're seeing guys like Rowdy Telez take him to the upper deck on that pitch. I mean, I mean the curveball curve has been his go-to. It's something that he can't hang. Uh, it's something that he can't let the batter predict. Because obviously when an MLB caliber player sees a ball out of the pitcher's hand and immediately knows it's below 70 miles per hour and has time to prepare for it, that is an 
age for them. That is ages for them to prepare. They're going to hit it a mile every time. Exactly. But I mean, then again, we've talked about Ken Emanuel. Um, you got Andre Scrub back. I mentioned that last week. Like, we, why would we be excited for Andre Scrub? He but we are. He pitched a very tight inning and something you wouldn't typically want to see from Andre Scrub of all people. But boom, he was there and he did it. Um, but listen to me right here on this. The Astros are not going to make a run if they can't get more bullpen arms. I don't know who it is, but Dusty Baker being reliant on Joe Smith and others, Brooks Raley and others, to eat up these crucial innings when you don't have a Presley, you don't have a Stanek, you don't have, dare I say, Scrub. It's those those two guys and it's everybody else. You could try to put Scrub in there a little bit, but I mean, it's, it's... At the end of the day, it's Stanek, Presley, and everybody else right now. Yeah, they're not going to... I mean, they're still one of the best teams in the AL thanks to their lineup. And their starting pitching is decent. Yeah. But you have to... And that was the key to this Yankees series last week. The Yankees had better bullpen depth, and the Astros did not. And that is what cost them the bulk of the series. Now, they went out and just out-hit the Yankees and won a game. But... When you don't have the guys you need, the Anoli Paradises of the world, among others, you're not going to be where you want to be. And, you know, the Astros could be a lot far out than they get. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of seasons still left to be played. And you have a lot of guys that have been hurt that are coming back. I mean, Anoli coming back. Pedro Baez is going to be huge once he gets back healthy. Um, Blake Taylor. Is mm-hmm. missing right now a key lefty in the bullpen. Takes takes a lot of the stress off of Brooks Raley when you have another lefty there. Exactly. Uh, because you have guys like Emmanuel, but he's more of a long relief guy, so you're not putting him in to get you know a couple big outs against lefties. You're putting him in to go two, three innings in relief if a starter has a bad start. Uh, so clearly, uh, there there are holes in the Astros bullpen right now, and in the Astros pitching staff as a whole, because the the starting the starting staff has not been bad by any means, but it also hasn't been elite by any means. It's mm-hmm. kind of just average right now. You've got three guys sitting in the threes, one guy in the high twos, and one guy in the low fours. Uh, so they're all really doing the same thing. Uh, it's just a matter of who's going to get hot and go on a run as a starting pitcher, like Christian Javier did at the start of the season, and who's going to start to get cold, like we're seeing from Zach Greinke right now and how they recover from that. So, um you know, I, I really have enjoyed I mean, it's going to be a really fun series this week at the Juice Box because we got the Astros and the Angels come to town for the first time without Albert Pujols. Albert Pujols designated for assignment. And Owen, I'm going to I'm gonna get on my soapbox. Um, it needed to happen. I hate saying oh, no, that. No, I absolutely agree. I hate saying that. 100%. But, it, I mean, that, that was the thing from a lot of people that it needed to happen. But it did. And it was pain. I remember the day the Angels signed Albert Pujols. I remember exactly where I was. Yeah, I was excited. I was in my car. My dad told me, and I was pumped. And moving out my college dorm room, hearing, getting a, a Twitter notification that Bert got released, which is so weird. Yeah. Um, that it, it shook me a little bit. Um, but this is a move that Perry Maniason had the cojones to make. Because Billy Epler didn't have the the balls to make this move. And Jerry DePoto sure as hell didn't have the balls to make this move. And this is a signal that the Angels want to contend. Okay? Um, Burt was not going to be 
what he once was when he signed this contract. And I, I did find the timing weird. This one year left, might as well just hold it out. Um, but Jared Walsh, yeah. and Jared Walsh, I'll just keep saying his name, Jared Walsh, has gotten off to an amazing start. And that is going to take opportunities away from Burt, and that's what it did. Um, I know the clubhouse presence is one thing, but to contend and to be a baseball team is another thing. If you want to contend, you have to make the move that's best for your ball club. And just simply put, that was the best move that had to be made. Absolutely. Um, so best of luck to first ballot Hall of Famer Albert Pujols. It's going to oh, be – I mean, it, there's no It'll question. It'll be nearly unanimous. Um, but – I I really think the Angels have this could be something that sparks them to move on. They had the Dodgers series this past weekend. They they went good and had a two and five homestand, which is never good. No. But you close it out with the bang, got a win against Trevor Bauer and the Dodgers who are sputtering. Um, you move on. You have momentum now. And I really just want to get on my soapbox as well and talk about Jose Quintana. Quintana had a really good start on Sunday which is what they got him here to do, to eat innings. Yeah. Gives up only the one run, and they go toe-to-toe together. This is the Jose Quintana of the White Sox that we really, truly enjoyed, the one that was so sought after a couple trade deadlines ago. Oh, absolutely. And if he can be continuous and consistent in his starts like this, just a quality start, five innings, three runs or less, that is enough window for the Angels to compete solid and contend yeah. because once you get to the bullpen it is going to be tough their bullpen i don't even know what to say you have Rysel iglesias Bad. you have mike myers I, I will say alex claudio has been a, a bright spot but after that it's not good, good luck. so um that's always been the thing with the angels is pitching but I do I do want to say Quintana had a really good start. I'm looking forward to seeing Shohei Otani face the hot Astros lineup on Tuesday. That's going to be really fun to see what happens. And Otani, by the way, still in, tied for the lead in the entire major leagues with home runs with 10 of them things. Yeah. So um, that's just crazy to think about. So it was, it was a very hectic week yeah. in the AL West. And um, um, I mean, going back to Burt, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously it's beneficial for the Angels. He's been bad this season. Uh, certainly hasn't been Jared Walsh this season. I think, like you said, it's it's more the emergence of Jared Walsh than the sputtering of Albert Pujols because if it was mostly just Pujols' poor performance, he would have been gone years ago. Uh, or at least they would have made an effort to get rid of him years ago. Uh, but, but I think it's also beneficial for uh, a, a guy like Pujols who has a chance to possibly end his career where he, began, where he started it in St. Louis if they decide to make a move like that, even if it's just a one-day contract or a one-week contract. Uh, just to bring him in, could you imagine one more game where him, Yachty, and Wayno are on the same team? Oh, my God. That, that would be, be a game where Pujols starts at first, Wayno starts on the mound, and Yachty starts at catcher. Would be so, so fun to watch um, just as a baseball fan. Uh, but even if he doesn't go back to the Cardinals, it's a chance for y- for Albert Pujols to end his career somewhere where he's in the lineup every day. Uh, and that's something he wasn't doing with the Angels. But for some of the teams at the bottom of the barrel – Maybe he goes in and he's able to start at first base or at DH if it's an AL team and just sit in that five hole, that six hole, and and maybe become a 15, 20 home run guy again, get his average above 200. I mean, it's certainly not crazy to think he could do that. He's still one of the best hitters of all time. You know, obviously the athleticism is gone, but his swing is still there. He can Mm -hmm. still rake. Um, It's just, I I, I think it's beneficial for both sides. And uh, like you said, it gives the Angels an opportunity to get better. Uh, and, and possibly even past the Rangers in the standings. Who knows? 
Well, that's happening, Owen. We all know that's going to happen. Uh, is um, it? Because the Angels are minus 27. The Rangers are minus 4. Well, Owen, I will say this. The Angels, when on, look really oh, good. No. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. They look really good. On days Shohei Otani starts, I think this team could win the World Series. Yeah, but you only get one but of those. But you only get one, you of, only those get one of those days every couple weeks. So, And then he gets a blister, or he gets hit by a pitch, or you name it. You can name the abstract injury, and it'll happen. But on days in which Shohei Otani pitches, I think the Angels are a World Series. Maybe, maybe he'll stub his toe going into the dugout tomorrow mm-hmm. and have to miss his start. Maybe he'll pull. Who was that pitcher a couple weeks ago? Uh, slammed his controller. Uh, and it was Jesus Lizardo. Yeah, maybe he'll pull a Luzardo and you know break his yeah. break his pinky or something. Uh, but getting back to it, and it wasn't all sunshine and rainbows for the Angels. Of course, you saw Bert reti- Bert gets released, and then Anthony Rendon fouls one off his kneecap. That just hurts. Yeah, just looked like it Super hurt when it happened. Too. Back on the IL once again. Injuries are going to play a big factor for the Angels. Well, because now we just got lineup news as we're recording the podcast. Guess who's starting at third base for the Angels? Taylor Ward. Phil Gosselin. Remember oh, him? We oh, are that's in, a blast from the past. We are in the Phil Gosselin and Drew Butera era. That's god awful. Of the Angels. So, um, tough times. Definitely not what we I anticipated the Angels would be at on May 10th. But, you know, you live and learn. Still a lot of season left to play There's still out. only three games below 500 is the other way to look at it. Exactly. I mean, they're in last, last place, but four. they're four and a half games back. That could literally change in two weeks. Exactly. So, so AL West, our favorite division. Always fun to talk about. Owen, oh, uh, now moving on. NL East action. Man, Jacob DeGrom's just doing too much, huh? I guess. He, he he literally puts down a perfect bunt, runs it out, gets a bunt single, and then like the next inning has to leave the start due to tightness on his side, and is now headed to the injured list because of it. That's another devastating injury. Uh, the the amount of injuries we're seeing, not only to just players in the MLB, but elite players, uh, sucks to see, to say the least. We've already seen Rendon multiple times, like we just mentioned. Byron Buxton is on the IL for extended time. Cody Bellinger has been on the IL for a while. Uh, some of that, I mean, that really that whole Dodgers team right now, a lot of their stars are on the IL. Uh, and, and now you can add Jacob DeGrom, the Cy Young Award winner of this season to that list. Um, hopefully it's only a couple starts. He could probably get away with just missing two starts. And um, the Mets hopefully can pick up the slack because they've won five straight right now. They're leading the division. Um, that's not to say that they have it on lock. Last place is three and a half games back. Um but it does mean one thing. It means the Mets will get run support. Finally. Yeah. Uh, I mean, something about Jacob DeGrom, when he starts, they don't get run support. So maybe this boosts the offense for a little mm-hmm. bit. As long as they don't have any more arguments in the tunnel about whether it was a rat or a raccoon. Rat-coon, Owen. Rat yeah. mixture. A yeah. rat-coon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, that was weird. Too. That was bizarre. <laughs> I was like, what? Why is that the story you go with? Yeah. Um, yeah, weird. The Mets are just a weird franchise as a whole. It's working, um, though. It's working, yeah. J.D. Davis, man. Go go, J.D. He's, he's hitting well this year. Um, he looks good. But I, I do would – Frankie Lindor would love to see him get going. And he, he started to pick it up. Finally as hit a home run. Yeah, he hit a bomb. Wow, what a surprise. Um, as they start getting to go – I mean, season's a marathon, right? Yeah. As – Things start to get going and people start to push, push, push forward. Teams are either going to start to gel or they're going to fizzle. And this is a crucial part of the year where if your team starts to gel, you get on a couple runs, string a couple wins together, mm-hmm. you're set. So um, it's good to see them. But once again, 
they're only three and a half games back of last place. So yeah. crazy. Um, and still, the Mar- the Marlins still have a positive run differential, and they're still below five hundred. It's terrible. Yeah. Somebody get the fish a couple wins now. Give my boy Sandy Alcantara a win. Come on. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned J.D. Davis. That's actually what the Mets need right now. He was batting 390 before he went onto the I.L. He played one game right at the beginning of May. I think he has a hand issue right now. Uh, but he's batting nearly 400. So um, that Mets offense needs a boost. Like you said, the Marlins are plus 20, uh, which is incredible. Uh, and, and club, I mean, the other the other team that I think we need to talk about in the NL East this week is the Braves because things are starting to look up for them. Um, yeah, picking up Shane Green, picking up Tanner Roark, uh, Hugh Oscar Yanoa is like 22 years old, and he is the Braves' best hitter and pitcher right now, uh, on like an Adrian Hauser type thing. Mm. Uh, Yanoa has home runs in each of his last two starts, and I want to say his slugging percentage over his past like five starts is over a thousand. Like, he's hitting really, really well. He has, like, the fifth highest war on the team in hitting. Uh, that doesn't even mention his pitching, where he has a sub-3 ERA. That'll so, play. Yeah, that will play. Uh, he has been, you know, doing even more than DeGrom is doing in his starts. He has been so, so good. He's been their ace, uh, especially in a season where Charlie Morton has a 5 ERA. Drew Smiley has a 6 ERA and really needs to find his way out of that rotation. Uh, hopefully Tanner Roark provides that for them. Uh, Bryce Wilson in three starts, 7 ERA. Max Fried in four starts, 8 ERA. Uh, it's Hugh Oscar Yanoa and Ian Anderson right now, and then it's everybody else. Don't you know a? Nice. <laughs> um, no, I mean, this guy. How about that? I mean, the Braves just as a whole. I mean, I don't know if his high – what did you say? He was like fifth in batting average? Fifth in, fifth fifth in batting fifth war. Yeah. Batting war. I don't know if that's a testament to how good he's been or just how bad their offense has been. It's both, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, this, this was a <laughs> – this was a team that we were expecting to have an offensive. They're my World Series pick. Yeah. Out of the NL. And, you know, Freeman hasn't gotten off to the start that he had last year. Marcelo Zuna just signed to a new contract. Four years, like $80 million. Uh He's batting 200 right now. Yeah, um, I mean, Freddie Freeman's below the Mendoza line. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. So, um they're going to need to get it going. And I think they did make the right thing. You know, it's not like they're hitting the panic switch. They're just like, hey, this doesn't work. On a, on a letting Carmelo Anthony go like 15 games into the season type beat, um, you pick up Shane Green, a really good reliever. I really enjoy him. Yeah. Um, that was also broken by uh, John Boy. John Boy broke that news. Good nice. for him. Good for John Boy. Um, tough week for John Boy having to deal with the Astros. Though. Yeah. I hate to see it. It wasn't. It wasn't a bad series for the Yankees, but it was. All, it was nice to see the uh, the Astros take one in Yankee Stadium. Pretty rent free, I would like to say. Just yeah. pretty rent free. And we lost the series. Yeah. So, like we can't even. They're talk still that talking much. about it. They're still talking. About but yeah, it. we definitely got in their head. Yeah. We we rent free in their dome, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but getting back to it, it's a Shane Green and, and Tanner Roark. We forget how good Tanner Roark was as an innings eater for the Nationals. If he can be anything like that and replace, like you said, that smiley in the pen and you get Charlie Morton to get his ERA down to like a three or a four manageable, mm-hmm. you'll be set. You'll be decent. And you'll have the pitching staff you need. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I mean, they've got guys in the bullpen too. This is a rare, se- rare case where, I mean, they're losing at the end of games uh, quite a bit, it feels like, or they're at least in close games. We saw it with that Braves-Phillies game and went back and forth. The win probability chart was just up and down, up and down. Uh, they have guys in the bullpen. A.J. Minter, sub-3 ERA. Will Smith, sub-3 ERA. Luke Jackson, sub-2 ERA. They have guys in the pen who are able to go in and make pitches and get outs. Um, 
but yeah, it's just that starting rotation right now. And then the the heart of their lineup, the the Marcelo Zuna, the Freddie Freeman, uh, the Ozzie Albies, they need to pick up some of the slack that is being placed on Ronald Acuna's back right now because it's Ronald Acuna and it's everybody else. And Acuna even uh, in the past 15 days is hitting 208. So I, it's, you know, it's, it's something that Braves fans certainly don't like to see because they have so much potential. Uh, that we haven't even brought up Dansby Swanson or Austin Riley, who are both batting above 300 right now in the past couple weeks. But it, it's a team with so much potential, and that's why they're my World Series pick, especially because of how much young talent they have. Uh, and it's panned out in some cases with Ian Anderson, Hugh Oscar Yanoa, uh, and, and in other cases, it still needs some work. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, NL East is wide open, okay? Absolutely. And- you know, the Nats are kind of decent, although my player of the week, Josh Harrison, didn't have a lot to say about it this past week. Yeah. But we'll foreshadow. <laughs> and we both picked NLEs guys yeah. last week. So Schwerber, Schwerber went tank against the Yankees. He did go, yeah, nice yeah. That was Upper fun deck. to see. Um, so I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the NLEs for sure. Um, in the NL Central, Albert Pujols' old team, the Cardinals just look better than everyone else. I'm just going to say, you have Jack Flaherty, okay? You have Goldie. You have Arenado. You have Yachty. All these guys, these pieces, Tommy Edmund, you know? Wow. This team just looks complete. This looks like a a Tony La Russa-esque Cardinals roster that is just going to compete and have guys, okay? They have guys, dogs. Like, Paul DeYoung, man. That's one, one name I want to shout out is Dylan Carlson. Yeah, one of my yeah. guys, I, I think I shouted out him, shouted him out in the MLB preview video. He's a rookie, uh, can play pretty much anywhere in the outfield, switch hitter, which is always nice. He's leading the team right now with a 303 batting average. Uh, he's got an 850 OPS. I mean, he's hitting the ball well up at the top of that lineup. And, I mean, like you said, guys like Tommy Edmond, uh, it, it has the most at-bats on the team, 289 average. Arenado and Goldschmidt are right up there having good seasons. Goldschmidt a little bit lackluster, uh, especially in the power department. You'd like to see him have more than five home runs and five doubles right now. Uh, but, but you know, they're doing fine without it. They've won eight of their last ten. Uh, I still don't think Jack Flaherty's lost a start this season. And then, you know, even, even deeper in that rotation, Wayno went eight and a third scoreless, I think, in his last start. Uh, Carlos Martinez has a... 4.35 ERA, which isn't terrible. Um, and, and then guys like John Gant is in their starting rotation with a 2.1 ERA. What is that? Don't sleep on John Gant. That's a He's name I coach. haven't heard. <laughs> I haven't heard him in, in like so three long. years. He, he's 28 years old. I with honestly thought he was. Flow. I honestly thought he was older than that. I might be confusing him with someone else. Even Steve Gant. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. Maybe <laughs> might be it. Uh, but but like they're just winning games. There's nothing else to say about. Yeah, it. and it, that's how that team worked back in the day. Just they're gonna go out and they're gonna beat you, and mm-hmm. it's that's just how it is. So a um, lot of just utter domination. Veteran leadership is what's yes, doing it for them. Very good term there, Owen. Veteran leadership. Yachty, by the way, and how old is he now? Thirty-seven, thirty-eight, maybe. Uh, thirty-eight. Yeah, thirty-eight. He's, he's batting three twenty-nine right now. So he is also doing his part with that team, splitting time with Andrew Knizner at, at catcher. And that team looks – they look like they're poised for a playoff run, especially right now uh, with the Brewers in second place who have had some bright spots, obviously. Corbin Burns, uh, Adrian Hauser, Brandon Woodruff. That starting rotation looks nice, but also Burns and Yelich on the IL, 
Yelich came back for one game last week and was immediately placed back on it with a continuing back injury. Uh, they're trying to rehab him a different way to get him back. But, I mean, the Brewers just need to be healthy. Yeah, the Brewers can compete with the Cardinals when they're healthy. Absolutely. But yeah. when they're not, when they're not, this looks like a this looks like a division that will be run by the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, because at the bottom of the barrel of that division, you have the Cubs, Reds, and Pirates, three teams who are not really anticipating to yeah. make a run. Shout out Wade Miley. Yeah. Shout out Wade Miley, though. We, we didn't just have one no-hitter this week, no. ladies and gentlemen. We had two, including Astros legend Wade Miley, who attributes his no-hitter to his son giving him an incredible Hulk tattoo, little fake tattoo. You remember those when you were little kids? Threw one of those bad boys on there. Kaboom. I don't. No that whole game honestly feels like a fever dream to me. I was watching it, and it was 0-0. I want to say it was 0-0 going into the ninth. Mm-hmm. And they put up like a five spot in the ninth uh, because of poor defense by by the Indians, essentially. Some bad decision-making. They, they basically were handed a couple of runs. And at that point, you want to just get your pitcher out there. Uh, you you want to just get him out there as quick as possible. Don't ruin the momentum, the groove that he is in. Uh, you definitely don't want to put up like six runs in the ninth. And that's exactly what they did, is they put up like six runs in the ninth. Uh, and then he went out there and finished it anyways. And I honestly don't even, I don't know how that's possible, how Wade Miley did that. But I think it's just because those innings went by so quick. He's just a pitcher that pitches to contact. So quickly. And and, and you you blink and the inning's over. And, you know, he's just no-hit the, the Cleveland Indians for the second time this season. I just love how fast he moves as a pitcher. I'm not saying I pitched like Wade Miley, but I wasn't wasting any time when I was on the mound, okay? I wasn't waiting. I got on the mound and I threw, and I love that. People that take their time, all that, respect it, not my cup of tea. Wade Miley gets on the mound, has a repeatable delivery, and he's not going to line up any radar guns. He's going to throw strikes, soft contact, and exact. that's exactly what he did on his yeah. route to becoming the NL Player of the Week. You love to see it. You got to love it. Wade, man. Wade, is, Wade. Wade, Wade's had a career, okay? He was having a great season with the Astros that year, too, and he was with us until the end of the season. You remember, he he went like, I want to say it was like 14 straight batters without getting an out or something, like over the course of multiple starts. Yeah, he, he just didn't get an out. I remember I was at, that was like, it was a coach of two starts, then he had a home start in Houston. That was what, 2019? Yeah? I think so. That was 2019. And Wade goes, he starts the game, double, walk, mm-hmm. double. And the next thing you know, he's out of the game. He hasn't even gotten an out. Yeah. So. He fizzled out so quickly. Otherwise, I think we would have been in very good shape uh, Mm -hmm. that season. Uh, Especially going into the playoffs in a year where we ended up being in the World Series against the Washington Nationals. Maybe with one more pitching piece. Well, I remember. uh, Like Wade Miley. We we pitched or we threw Urquidy in uh, a game at Nationals Park. And at that point, Urquidy was just a guy. Yeah. Um, But. We threw Arkady instead of Miley, and I believe Miley came out of the pen during the uh, the playoffs or during the World Series. Yeah, I think he did. It's it's right here. You had a start on August 30th against Toronto where he goes three and two thirds, and he doesn't allow any earned runs. He allows one earned run or one unearned, but he walks five. The next start, he does not get an out against Seattle. Gives up five earned in the first inning. They pull him after 31 pitches. His next start, he goes a third of an inning in Oakland. Gives up seven earned in a game that we lost 21 to seven. Uh, and then two starts later, he doesn't make it out of the second inning was against the Angels. Gives up four earned in one inning in 27 pitches in his pull. Then just like that, he's done. I was out. I was at that game, Owen. I think I know who huh? pitched that game for the, uh, the Angels. Who, what's your guess? I think it was my boy Shohei. You think it was Shohei? 
I want to say uh, it was Chevy. We will, we will check that out real quick because we have the box score right here. It was Patrick Sandoval. Patrick Sandoval through that game. Noted member of the Angels dynasty of pitching. Really a bullpen day. Sandoval, Jewel, Bard, Garcia, Butri, and Robles. Wow. Those are some OG names, yeah. man. Devo, Devo went out of the pen for the Astros. Joe but Smith, Hector Rondo. A lot of stuff to look at. We could get lost shout in Shout out Wade Miley. There. But shout out to Wade Miley for getting a no-hitter. One of the greatest guys in the game. Love to see it. Tampa Bay Rays draft pick on back in 2005. Nice. So moving on, I, I know a team that is really just tired. Okay, maybe they need to take some take some uh what is it, NyQuil? Go to maybe, sleep, maybe. wake up, maybe yeah. it's a fever dream. Who knows? But it's the Dodgers, man. They are yeah. not they, – they, they're getting the, the Boob Nightingale curse on. Bob oh. Nightingale, noted member of baseball media, noted yeah. jinxer, has placed a hex on the Dodgers, and they're just not he, good He right tweeted now. after they were 14-2 and two that this Dodgers team was on pace to finish the season 140-22. and 22. Uh, and since then, the Dodgers are four and fifteen, the second worst record in baseball. Uh, the only team that's worse is the Detroit Tigers. Um, certainly begs the question: What's wrong? Injuries? I would think so, but it's. But also, <laughs> they're just it's not, not just injuries. Certainly, they're just not hitting. They're just not. I don't doing know it, i mean i don't know i mean it's it, it, you just sit down and watch a game and you're like okay bowers pitching bauer gives up two runs and they can only scratch off one against the angels one yeah. of the worst pitching teams in baseball bauer and kershaw have both been good they have sub three eras in the past two weeks during this streak and three starts each uh urias and bueller are a little bit rougher when you when you look at it, but oh I mean, yeah, Angels knocked Arias around the ballpark. They did. To open they, the... they gave him a whooping. Uh, but I mean, th- this Dodgers team is certainly better than their record says. And uh, we were getting mad earlier, looking at power rankings, seeing that a lot of people still had the Dodgers in the top five. Yeah. Which certainly, for power rankings, I don't think it makes sense. But you also can't deny that when this team is healthy, I think it's fair to say they're a top five team. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have guys like Max Muncie, who's walking a lot, to his credit. Uh, he's averaging a walk a game over the past two weeks. He's batting 154. Uh, Kiebert Ruiz is coming to be their backup catcher. He's batting 167. Um, I mean, they really don't have kind of a, a cornerstone to that offense right now. Not even, you know, the guys like Mookie Betts, where he is a slightly above average OPS. But, I mean, A.J. Pollock is the highest batting average OPS, home runs, RBIs. He's leading this team in virtually everything. Uh, and a lot of that comes from that one game that they had against, I think it was the Diamondbacks, where him and Matt Beattie both had seven RBIs. Mm-hmm. So that skews this a lot. But, I mean, they I, when you take that away especially, this Dodgers team is not hitting. Yeah, the team is only batting 234 of their last two weeks. That is 17th in baseball. That's not good. It's not going to play for a team that's, you know, expected, I, I would even say, to make the World Series this season. Mm-hmm. Not, not even, not even, you know, predicted to. They're expected to by most people. Exactly. Um, so, and you can attribute it to injuries. I mean, you're still waiting for Belly. You have a lot of guys that you're you're missing, but still, you should think that this Dodgers team would at least yeah. be competing. I mean, semi. Also, the pitching. The, to be um, one more, you know, way to play devil's advocate here is you can say, you can argue, and I will agree with you that the NL West pitching right now is a gauntlet. It is. You have the Giants, who still pretty much have the best pitching staff in baseball and are still leading the division. 
you have the San Diego Padres who came into the season with basically six quality starting pitchers. They've lost one to injury, and Clev obviously was not going to appear this season. But the Padres have a great pitching staff. Um, and, and, I mean, those two teams alone uh, account for quite a few of those games, I would imagine. Uh, the Dodgers have had at least one series with the Dodgers or with the Padres and Giants since this kind of uh, skid began. Um, so I think a lot of it has to just be, you know, the how, how good those other two teams have been and how competitive the division has been. Uh, but certainly it's not, you know, something we expected. Mm-mm, not at all. Uh, God, the Giants. The, the Padres did lay a whooping on them on Sunday. I believe they won 11-1. to Jake Cronenworth put one in McCovey Cove. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, the Giants are ahead of the division by one and a half games. Yeah. And it's the veteran leadership. I'm not saying they're on the same level as the Cardinals, but the fact that your pitching staff can give you innings. Feels like we're back in the early 2010s. And Buster Posey's hitting the crap out of the baseball. It's eerily similar but i'm not gonna go out and say i mean is this sustainable i said no last week i'm gonna say no again this week i i think there's gonna come a time where these pitchers who have not been decent over the past they've been meh they have not been this good they're gonna come back down to life you we have, to, we have to be right at some point we can say this every week and eventually we'll yeah. be right because i think at some point the giants do fall off uh, but but on top of that, I mean, you talked about Buster Posey for a second. Brandon Crawford, another guy from those old teams, has like a sixteen hundred OPS in the past in the past week. He's been raking. Um, I mean, I I I think it's just a combination of uh, a consistent pitching staff led by Kevin Gaussman, one point five ERA still in the past couple weeks. Anthony Desclafani, who in three starts is eating the crap out of innings. Um, and you know they're just they're just making it work right now. Uh, Aaron Sanchez just went on the IL, which is kind of a hit for them. And Logan Webb has been a little bit rough recently. Uh, Johnny Cueto also got shelled in his only start in the past two weeks. But this Giants team certainly has pieces. And on any given night, if everyone else decides to show up, they will be in good shape to at least compete in any baseball game. Definitely. Definitely. So go Giants, huh? Oracle Park. There's no longer bullpens out on the uh, in play on. They, they, a, the bullpens were moved out to center field. That's a big change. You got to love it, okay? Maybe that's what's given them winning ways, okay? A little bit of a spice up to the former AT&T Park. Good for the Giants and good for the NLS. Owen, I think it's time for everyone's favorite time. Yeah. Everyone's favorite segment. It's Breakout Players of the Week. Owen... This past week, we picked Jesus Aguilar for you and Josh Harrison for me. Um, Josh Harrison went four for 27 with one home run. Need I say anything more? It was just not good. Uh, Jesus Aguilar was even worse. He went three for 21 uh, with no walks, seven strikeouts. He had one double, I think. Uh, But for a guy that I praised for having a high walk rate and a low strikeout rate, he did a lot of striking out and not a lot of walking this week. So thank you for once again embarrassing me, Jesus. Have we hit? I mean, who have we hit on? We've hit on maybe one week. I think you maybe hit with CJ Crone. Yeah. Crone had a good week when you picked him. Uh, I don't think I've really hit on anybody, but I think this week's the week. I've got a guy. Who's your guy? My guy is a member of the second place team in the American League Central, the future Cleveland Spiders, the former Cleveland Spiders, the current Cleveland Indians. His name is Cesar Hernandez. Uh, He is a switch hitter. He has a 200 batting average this season and a 308 slugging percentage this season. But 
His expected batting average is 80 points higher, and his expected slugging percentage is 150 points higher. Uh, he had three extra base hits this past week, two doubles and a triple, and he also had as many walks as he did strikeouts in the past two weeks. Uh, so I think eventually balls are going to start to fall for him, and he's going to turn it on inside of that Indians offense. Um, their pitching staff has been good this season. Jose Ramirez has been good at times. Uh, Jordan Luplo has been good at times, but I think if Cesar Hernandez starts to put things together, especially as a gold glover, uh, he will be kind of the key to turning that offense on. So I'm going to pick him as my breakout player this week. Wow. Okay. I'm breaking rules, ladies and gentlemen. I am not picking a position player. I will be picking a pitcher. I'll be picking a former Astros prospect and a member of the Brew Crew, the Yak Man himself, Adrian Hauser. He's the first breakout pitcher of the week. He leads all pitchers not named Shohei Otani in home runs. He's tied with Yuasker Yanoa with two. But he's hit both of them off of the same pitcher, Daniel Castano. He's starting against the Braves this week, a somewhat sputtering offense. And I think Adrian Hauser is going to go out there and have the time of his life. Is he going to hit a home run? Probably not, because Daniel Castano will not be pitching. But... I'm going to expect a couple hits, quality start, Adrian Hauser, have a weekend. Who do we think is more likely to hit a home run in that series? Hauser on Friday night or Hugh Oscar, you know, on Saturday night? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hauser, Hauser, they're both facing pitchers with the last name Anderson. Uh, Hauser is facing Ian Anderson of the Braves and Hugh Oscar, you know, Facing Brett Anderson of the Milwaukee Brewers. I'm going to go Hioscar, you know, just based on the fact that Brett Anderson is just coming off the IL. He still needs to get back to form. I think Yanoa knows his park, truest park. Or No, they're actually going to be playing at in yeah, they're, they're former in a, Miller American Park. Family I, I, I'm just going to call it Miller Park. Yeah, that, that's that's what we park. grew up on. I, I don't know. Yanoa goes to dead center and he hits the Toyota Tundra truck. Out in right center, and we all have a good I'm gonna, time. I'm going to go you know, just because Hauser hit both of them off of Castano. If he doesn't face Castano, he's got no shot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, has had more consistency, I guess, hitting the ball. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's going to be interesting. But you know what? Your, play, your breakout player of the week is, in fact, Adrian Hauser. So we are going to jump on that. Jumping on it, ladies and gentlemen. Hauser train. All you know, you know on train. a four-game hitting streak, by the way. Just want to point mm -hmm. that out. Oh, wow. Once again, plays into the pitcher's home run derby, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Make it happen, Emily. Can we? Come on. We've got more. Can Jack Flaherty went yaw yaw last week, yeah. too. Yeah. We were adding to the field. We've had we've had three pitchers this season go yard, and none of them have been Jacob DeGrom. None of them have been Madison Bumgarner. None of them have been Zach Greinke. Cindergaard can hit. I mean, we've got we've got a field. Let's just make it happen. Let's just make it happen, and we'll see where it go. We'll just go from there. Yeah. Maybe maybe a team gets to know something about a pitcher they didn't they didn't know anything about before. Exactly. So get a pinch hitter. That being said, MLB always fun to talk about. Owen, um, NBA time. Jump on it real quick. Jump on it really fast. Okay. Um, Zion now is out. LeBron Let's is going to be coming back. Wow. They need that. Did you hear the earth shake? LeBron is coming back. Um, but I could really care less because the Rockets have officially clinched. A bottom three record. Let's go. But also, it's time to air a grievance, okay? Yeah. Apologies. Yeah. KJ Martin, when we drafted him, we were kind of befuddled. We were. We had just traded Robert Covington. 
we still had Russell Westbrook and James Harden on our team. And we draft K.J. Martin thinking, what is going on? We gave him an outstanding contract for a second-round pick. But I will say this. K.J. Martin is coming to perform, okay? He looks great, man. He's averaging 20 a game right now when he starts. I love him. All you can ask for, especially on a team that has absolutely nothing going Mm -hmm. for them, he has been very, very good. Uh, He even hit six threes in a game. I know that was one of the things people didn't really really like about him was the fact that he you know he was more of an athletic guy he didn't shoot very well but he hit six threes the other night in route to like a 27 point game so uh he's certainly a guy that could turn things on for this team in the future and is young he's literally still a teenager he is our age um that's nuts that's insane to think about there's literally someone our age putting up 20 points on nba teams uh, but speaking of bottom three records, you know what time it is. Tankathon Sims of the Week. Let's go. It is Tankathon time. All right. First Sim. Jalen Suggs. I'll take it. I got I got green first time. So we're two for two to start off. All right. Next one. Unfortunate. Uh oh. We neither of us got it that time. Uh oh. Raptors get the Raptors. first pick in the draft and they get Cade Cunningham. I got Magic one, Raptors two. I get I got Raptors one. Thunder 2 get Evan Mobley, and then they get Kuminga at the fifth pick. Look at that. We end up with Jared Baylor, Kai Jones, and Gup. In this Gup. Round. That's fun. I would love to have Gup as a rocket. And I've one said Longhorn, one Sun Devil, and then the Big 12 player of the year, Jared Butler. Hey, gotta fun. love it. All right, last one. Unlucky. Oh, man. It's a rough week. Okay. It is um, a rough week. We are batting 33%, ladies and gentlemen. Jeez. Not good. Um... God, this one, Thunder get Cade Cunningham, Jonathan Kaminga. Wow. That's that would nuts. Be, that would be nasty. The Kings get Evan Mobley. Wow. wow. That's crazy. Um, once again, Josh Christopher, Kai Jones, and Jared Butler to the Rockets. Um, so you got to be praying to your lucky stars that come June 22nd, the Rockets hit a lucky streak. Six weeks. Owen, Six I don't know what weeks. we're going to be doing. I, we're going to have to be live streaming. It. We have to. I think we have to live stream it. Um, our reactions are going to be chaotic. Our our thinking is going to be crazy. Dude, my heart's going to be going a million beats. I have second. never cared for the NBA lottery. <laughs> I they, never watched the Rockets, it. <laughs> ever since it like became a thing, the Rockets have always been a playoff team because we've always had James Harden. This is the first season without James Harden since the draft lottery became like a thing for me. Uh, so this is the first time that I've actually cared. I've actually got a horse in it this time, which yeah. is crazy. Um, Hopefully we're not Bob Baffert putting no. steroids in our horses. No. Uh-oh. That would be bad. Subtle burn to ah. Bob Baffert, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, I mean, we've got a playoff picture. We're starting to get an idea yeah. of where things are going to go. Uh, in the East, the 76ers are pretty much locked into the one seat at this point, I would say. They've won like eight in a row. Uh, they look really, really good. And the Boston Celtics, I would say, are pretty much locked into the seven seed. It doesn't look like they can move much higher or much lower. Uh, but other than that, I mean, the Nets and Bucks are still battling it out for the two and the three. The Knicks, the Hawks, and the Heat, in that order right now, are still battling it out for the four, five, and six. And then the eight, nine, ten at the bottom of the playing tournament. It looks like we know what ten teams we're going to have, but what order will the Hornets, Wizards, and Pacers be at eight, nine, ten? And at what point do the Pacers have to, you know, if the Pacers don't make the playoffs, uh, they they have to fire their coach, right? Because they are a team that has a lot, a lot of potential. My boy Sabonis. They're, yeah, they're two and a half games above the Bulls, who are in the 11th spot right now. 
Uh, looks like they're gonna make it, certainly. That's not to say that they're playing well, it's just the fact that the Raptors have lost three in a row, the Bulls have only won five of their last 10, and the Pacers are managing to win games. Um, but I mean, what are you what are you looking for here? Which race is your favorite out of these? I'm very excited for the one at the bottom of the barrel, okay? Yeah. Hornets, Wizards, and Pacers. Earlier in the season, we're like, there's no way the Wizards are going to contend. And they had Russ and Bradley Beal. But Russell Westbrook has gone on a tear. The Wizards are competing. You have the Hornets, who were not expected to be anywhere close to being decent with Mello. And you have Gordon Hayward. And their announcer, who, by the way, is just fantastic. (laughs) And then this Pacers team with a lot of talent, just very just under the rug, not really making that much noise. I think those three teams are going to be really interesting to see play out in this East. Um, But I'm also just excited to see the Knicks back to being in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. There was was Sean Marks, the guy that does the – he's like their GM for ESPN, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Derrick Rose has played twice the value of his contract. He's getting paid seven million this year. They got him that he's at fourteen. He on average fourteen million. He's playing like a fourteen million dollar player. Yeah. And I just love seeing Derrick Rose compete. I love seeing the Knicks being competitive, and I love the fact that you know just Derrick Rose, man. Absolutely. Those years as a Bull. Absolutely. That one game he had with the Timberwolves where they interviewed him after, oh, and yeah, he was the, just the going 50, nuts. The Fifty point. So. Seeing him Man. thrive is great. I'm just hoping the best for them. Yeah. And, and then and then one more storyline in the Eastern Conference. Russell Westbrook, we mentioned him a second ago. Uh, probably, by the time we record next week, will have the NBA record for most career triple-doubles. He is tied with Oscar Robertson right now. Uh, they play at least three games this week, I would imagine. Um, which, which game does he break it on? They play the Hawks tonight. I don't know if you get a triple-double with the Hawks. I don't know if that's a thing that you can do. I mean, he's been he's been doing it pretty confidently. Is it a back? Recently. It's a back to back, yeah. Uh, it is. There's one day in between, but in the I I don't see how he doesn't do it because you look at their rebound and assisting leaders in the past few games. Uh, Westbrook's last. We'll go past eight games. His rebound totals uh, are. Let's find it. 13, 18, 12, 10, 21, 12, 17, 19, and his assist totals are 14, 14, 11, 9, 24. 17, 17, 15. That 21 rebound, 24 assist game was the same game. It was against the Indiana Pacers. Uh, And so far against Atlanta this season, in one game, he only had four assists against them back when they were 3-12. and He had 26 points in that game. Mm. I would say that he does it against Cleveland. You think he does it against Cleveland on Friday? Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Wednesday against Atlanta. I think he misses it. No, I think he gets it tonight. I think he knows exactly what's going on, and I think they force the ball to him tonight. Really? Because I not like necessarily force the ball to him right now, but you look at the standings to make their way out of the play-in tournament. Uh, the Wizards would have to be five games better than the Miami Heat in the final four games of the season, so they are in the play-in tournament no matter what, and they would have to be three games worse than the Chicago Bulls to fall out of the play-in tournament. So at this point, it's just a matter of whether they're the eight, nine, or ten, and I think. They've been so good recently. Why change what you're doing? And what they're doing right now is giving the ball to Russell Westbrook a crap ton. So give the ball to Russ tonight, and I see a triple-double. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. So got two chances to get it against Atlanta, and then if not, you get Cleveland and Charlotte. So uh, that's just crazy to think about. Uh, I know Magic is going crazy thinking about it as well. So. Um, big ups to Russ, man. I, I can't imagine we won't have a magic tweet when it happens. Oh, it's definitely happening. We're going to get a magic tweet. And we're going to be very excited for it. So, 
Moving on to the West, that's pretty much filled. Yeah. yeah. Good Jazz yeah. Suns, Clippers, Nugs. Um, it's the Lakers, man. Wow. It's just crazy to think the Lakers are all the way going to they, they could They could finish as the seventh seed. They probably will at this point, it looks like. Um, I mean, I, I, I say probably. Uh, when you look at when you look at that five six seven race in the Western Conference, the Mavericks are ten games back, the Trailblazers are eleven games back, the Lakers are twelve games back. Uh, I know one of the Lakers' games to close out the season is against the Rockets, so that should be a free win for them. And LeBron is returning to the lineup, so uh, LeBron, when he is playing for something, when something is on the line, is scary. Uh, we often don't see that from LeBron in the regular season because he's saving himself for when it does matter. Uh, but with games against the Rockets and the Pelicans, two of their four to close out this regular season, uh, we, we certainly have to think those two would be wins because those are two teams out of playoff contention. And it's New Orleans team missing Zion now. But a game tomorrow night against the Knicks on TNT in Staples Center, and then a game Saturday against the Pacers. Uh, those two games are going to be huge for them. They yeah. need to win those games. It's, it's weird to say that the Lakers need to win games in the regular season, but they need to win games in the regular season, or they could find themselves playing the Warriors next week in a play-in tournament. Which is going to be just must-watch television. That's going to Especially be great. with what Steph has been doing recently, I could see Steph running that play-in tournament and just you know, being, pushing the Warriors through um, because he is an absolute maniac. That'd be great. That'd just imagine? be great. I would love it. Um, yeah. Wow. It's just nuts. This These next 10 days are going to be nuts. Yep. I mean, you got a lot yeah. to think Regular about. Regular season is pretty much over on Sunday when we record. Mm-hmm. So we'll have a playoff picture. We'll have a play-in tournament picture. Yeah. For the first time. We'll I'm going to have to figure out how the play-in tournament works because I still don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think, just know there's a 7 through 10 seed and they play in it and I don't know how it works. I think I'm not well, what it was last year, if the team that is the 7th or 8th seed wins the first game, it's over. Okay. But if the if the 9 and 10 seed win, then they play a, a must-win, you know, okay. deal. Oh, this so, looks different. Oh, wow. So 7th place plays 8th place. The winner is the automatic 7 seed. The loser of the 7-8 plays the winner of the 9-10. And then the winner of that game is the 8 seed. Oh, I think I so like that. So in order for the 9 or 10 seed to get in, they have to beat the tenth, the 9 or 10 that's not them. And they have to beat the loser of the 7-8 game. So they have to win two games. The 7-8 game, or the 7-8 teams have to beat each other to get the 7 seed. And then they have to beat the winner of the 9-10 to get the 8 seed. That's interesting. I, I like that. So the so the Warriors or Lakers, assuming they finish at seven and eight, could lose a game and still make the playoffs. They could lose to each other and still make the playoffs. But a game where Steph Curry has to go up against John Morant or a game where LeBron has to go up against John Morant to clinch a playoff spot is going to be electric. You electric. Know, you factor. know John Morant's going to bring it that oh game. Oh, my God, yeah. So looking forward to this last week and we're I'm we're, excited. we're chilling with that. I was really excited for DK Metcalf to run his 100 meter <laughs> dash, Owen. He got dusted. He did. But he just looked fast. I mean, he, I mean just He's how so big. big he was. Yeah. Like he still ran pretty what was it 10.35? 10 1037. 1037. And he's doing this with a bunch of small dudes, no no meat on their bones. He's just running. Yeah. Um I really liked it even though he lost Got 15th place, kind of tough. But can't, can't make any Usain Bolt comparisons, but it honestly is kind of like watching Usain Bolt run just because he's so much bigger than the rest of the guys. Mm-hmm. Out there. The rest of the guys are, you know, 5'11, 6 foot, maybe 6'1. And then you've just got a 6'4, 250 pound wide receiver out there. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely massive running. It's a big dog. 
Um, so yeah, Maybe they finish last. Yeah. Hey, you know, and you know, if you ain't first, you're last. But you know, at this in this in this case, I think we can respect him being technically in last according yep. to Ricky Bobby standard. Yeah. Uh, and then something breaking just before we recorded the podcast. Tim Tebow is back in the NFL officially. He's going to be a Jaguar. Tight end Tim Tebow. I am enthralled by this. Especially because the Jaguar. Could you imagine Trevor Lawrence throwing a touchdown to Tim Tebow? Oh, my goodness. Electric factor. (laughs) That would be like like two generations crossing over with each other. Um, The Jaguars don't have any great tight ends on their depth chart at the moment, I think. So he is certainly going to be able to compete for a spot. Uh, they brought in Marvin Jones at wide receiver in free agency. They obviously still have DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, Colin Johnson at wide receiver. Hook him. Uh, but their their tight ends right now, ahead of Tim Tebow, are Chris Manhurts, James O'Shaughnessy, and Luke Farrell, who they just drafted in the fifth round of this past draft. Um, Tebow obviously has the Urban Meyer connection. That certainly helped him in getting signed, I believe. And then uh, Luke Farrell also has an Urban Meyer connection, having gone to Ohio State. So... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, but I would absolutely love to see Tim Tebow make an NFL roster. Just think, just think like a Trevor Lawrence backwards pass to like Marvin Jones, and Marvin Jones just throws a dart to Tim Tebow in the end zone. I mean, can you ask for anything more as a human being? Could you imagine a quarterback backwards pass to a tight end like trick play? Oh my gosh! I, I, God, the man out of Manila. Tim Tebow. I, I'm just so excited. Three seasons in the NFL. Two in Denver, one in New York. Became an outfielder for the New York Mets AA affiliate for a while. And now he's back. Good for him. Can't wait. Good for Timmy. So that's our little three minutes in the NFL. A little college coming at you. Kumar Rocker got a little roughed up against Alabama, but he still got the win. Jack Leiter was off this week due to fatigue. Not injury-related. Vandy holding strong in the top five of the D1 baseball poll. Yeah. So got that. And then your boys over at Dish Falk Field, just a couple couple hop skips and jumps it away is, yeah. uh, from where we're at right now. They took two out of three over number three TCU. It's big. big. That is big. We play West Virginia next week, who is towards the bottom of the conference. They are not a very good team. Hopefully should be a sweep. Uh, they have a well below 500 record. And uh, I just want to shout out Pete Hansen one more time. I talked about him last week. G- gave seven and two-thirds in relief after Colby Kubitschek struggled in the starting rotation. Pete Hansen once again went seven scoreless yesterday against the number three team in the country. He's six and one on the year. He looks absolutely electric. And that's going to be huge come Omaha time, come regionals. Uh, because, you know, everyone knows it. Pitching is what carries you through those regionals, especially if you get down to the loser's bracket. You play a bunch. You have a bunch of pitching that you need to get rid of or that you need to use up. And we have four starting caliber guys right now, uh, plus uh, Nixon at closer, Aaron Nixon, and Tanner Witt in the bullpen also, who has been very good this season. So we have a lot of different guys to turn to pitching-wise, and uh, I, I'm excited to see how far this team can go. Yeah, it's going to be really good to see, you know, UT. I, I just, I don't, I'm not a fan of the, the turf field, but you know what, it is what it is. Um they just look complete, and that yeah. TCU team was no first joke. First time in a while, too. First time. I mean, it's the first time I think that UT's been in the national scope this well in baseball since Augie stopped coaching them. Mm-hmm. Basically, I mean, this is kind of the return to Longhorn baseball uh, that that I think a lot of Longhorn fans have been waiting for. Uh, because you know, I've never been a huge UT baseball fan, but I think everyone growing up, every every baseball player growing up, especially once you get to high school, knows who Augie is. 
I mean, he's one of the best baseball coaches of all yeah. time, especially in college, if not the best. He's the Nick Saban of college baseball. Um, you know, it was devastating to lose him. But you know what? We we have, have looked good this season, so I'm excited to see what we can do. Yeah, and I mean, Jim Schlossnagel, head coach of the TCU Horned Frogs, has been there for a long time, and they're no walk in the park. They're really good. No, they're very you know good. who attended that fine institution, Owen? Let's hear it. Luke and Baker, man. Um, <laughs> but getting back, on a, in all seriousness, that's a big series victory for them. Huge. And, um, yeah, that, that West Virginia team is not really the best, so they should be able to go nuts with that. Uh, and speaking of ASU baseball, my boys went over to Cal Berkeley and played the son of one Dusty Baker – and they took two out of three. They won a series. They are in sole possession of sixth place in the Pac-12. Um, and a big series coming up from Phoenix Municipal Stadium uh, where they play the Bear, the uh, the Beavers of Oregon State. Not going to Corvallis. They're coming down here. And it's going to be a huge one for ASU. Um, in Baseball America, both Baseball America and D1 Baseball, they have slipped to a three seed in a regional. And I think you would want to be the two seed. Yeah? Yeah. You would want to be the definitely. two seed. So... Going out and finishing with the bang, you have Oregon State. You have Nevada tomorrow, which is going to be a meh game. But you have Oregon State, you have UCLA, and you have USC. Three big series, kind of a gauntlet going into your postseason run. It's a Nevada team that UT struggled with. We played them twice last month. Uh, Won both games, but only by one run. So Mm -hmm. It's a team that can put up a fight. Not a walk in the park by any means. So really good. And then, oh, and a little shout out to a little small school by the name of Wayland Baptist. Okay. We saw just an absolute pimp shot, pimp gang from Wayland Baptist. Just, I, I was just crazy. It was crazy to see. It was pretty impressive. I mean, you want to talk about let the kids play. He threw the bat. He almost hit the umpire. <laughs> he launched it. Um, Let's see if we can get the name. Uh, it was Gregory Ozuna, shortstop, senior from Santo Domingo, the Dominican Republic. Republica Dominicana, para amigos, former member of Luna Community College. He put his bat para la calle to the street, through that bad boy. Waylon um, Baptist, part of part of an eight uh, or a comeback from an eight-run deficit. They ended up winning that game. I want to say fourteen to twelve against the two seed in their you know, conference in their, in their tournament, they are the sixth seed. Uh, so clearly emotions were running high in that game. Uh, absolutely nothing wrong with what he did. If you ask me, let the kids play. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want baseball to remain relevant and stay popular among the youth, that's how you do it. You make it fun. Uh, every other sport is fun. You see trash talking on every single play in every single basketball and football game. Why should baseball be different? Uh, there is nothing different other than the fact that, you know, it's a little bit slower paced, so you kind of you kind of see when people are trash talking. And that's really the only difference. Uh, in football, in basketball, those guys are down in the trenches, in the post. In baseball, you can see it. You're you're looking right at it. So it's a it's uncomfortable for some people, but it's certainly something that makes the game more fun to watch. Mm-hmm. So that was just great. I love that. I love that for the sport. Couldn't be happier. And I love seeing all the uh... shout out Braden Blackwell. Yeah, shout Wayland out Baptist Blackwell. alumni. Yeah, Wayland Baptist, great. Double B, man. B squared. B squared, man. Love it. Um, But, yeah, just love seeing that through the game of baseball. Owen, we take a break this week, unfortunately, from the Indian Cricketer of the Week. Uh, We're we're doing this in solidarity, praying 
for the people in India who are going through a really tough time with COVID, uh, a lot of deaths, and you know, hopefully they can get that under control. So the Indian Cricketer of the Week will return next week. On that note, oh, and we still have uh, we still have to talk about Canelo. I mean, we do. We got to close the show with Into the grand the man's finale. Career. Um, Billy Joe Saunders got a quadra something fracture in his cheek. Essentially, Canelo broke his orbital bone, and it was bad. Okay, this is something you would see in like the Creed movies. Like the first Creed movie where his eye just closes up, but yeah, he's still yeah. fighting. Well, it, that wasn't the case because this wasn't a movie. This was real life for Billy Joe Saunders. Uh, his career is in doubt. He is going to need several months to recover. Um, yeah, Canelo is chingon, ladies and gentlemen. He is big dog. <laughs> you is. don't want to mess with him. He filled a crowd of over 72,000 people at AT&T Stadium Huge. cheering on his name. And... He performed. And for the bulk of the fight, Saunders held his own, was being kind of arrogant. At times, Canelo turns it on in the eighth round, and it was that was it. That was all she wrote. It just took one shot. That's just a testament to how good of a pound-for-pound fighter Canelo Alvarez is. It was just fun to watch. I really enjoyed it, Owen. Yeah. It's a fun fight. So shout-out to Louie, man. My boy Louie Lopez. He really enjoying uh, Canelo as a whole. And we enjoyed this week. Owen had some good music. Have a lot to look forward to next week. Uh, this coming up week, we have a J. Cole album. We have Astros Angels. Um, we have the last week of the NBA regular season. Yeah, you got to love it. That's crazy. <laughs> I just love the little stuff we have pulled up on your computer right now. It's great. Uh, lovely. It's just lovely, ladies and gentlemen. We truly enjoy um, having you listen to our podcast. It's really great. Uh, make sure you follow Owen on Twitter at Owen Kiska with two eyes. Make sure you follow me on Twitter as well at Wooly Zach. With that being said, everybody, have a great week. Make this week your best week. Keep that same energy, and we will see you next week. No, peace. Peace. <laughs> Yo. I back your bro, don't spectate Watch when I dig that His best mate's chest plate White tent, wanna lock off that estate I bet say if corn get fling, that's red tape yeah. Violent, violent, let man tone it I had friend that like, where's my waps? Of course I stole it, she chat too much But the next one hold it Told them don't get comfy and go, go Brought that dots, had a back bit open Left in a ring, other sweets, them swollen Now I'm rolling, handgun shows golden Five door hatchback lurking that Five man dashback, might be a hashtag Lay low bro, just ching that